Mom, where are my cleats? Dad, are you going to be able to come to my play? <sighs> he forgot his lunch today? I have a science project due tomorrow. Hey, Mom, can I have some friends what over? What time does the game start? Can we please? Am I driving or are you driving? She has a performance The laundry that is out Why of can't control. I where from? is his jersey? Welcome to the Victory Couch Podcast with Rick and Julie Randall. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I'm Rick Rando. And we're here. We made it. We are on the couch, Juliana. Woohoo! I'm feeling happy and victorious You know, today. we said before we started recording that this was going to be the best, best one yet. The best episode yet. Episode 16. 16. So it's got to be good. It's going to be sweet. This is when we start driving. Did you get that sweet 16? Did you driving? I got you. I'm following the driving. You. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Got you. We both had 16, 16 on the brain. puns, I guess. We're going to do it. So what's been going on this week? Well, I've been checking our social media sites. Nice. And we could use your help, actually. You know, so if you are out there and you want to interact with us um, on our social sites, we would love to have you connect, rate, review, comment, all that good stuff. All the, you know, smash that like button is what the kids say. They say stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. we've been sharing some things recently that are going to tie and weave into the topics we've been discussing. So yeah. if you're on things like Instagram, which, by the way, our handle is at the Victory Couch on Instagram. For Facebook, you can find us at The Victory Couch Podcast. Our site is thevictorycouch.com. Yeah. And if you want to go old school and send us an email, we are victorycouchpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. So, we love emails. Us, guys. Love to hear from We've you. We've gotten a handful. So, yeah, um, if there's something you want us to talk about or connect uh, with us on, on what we mean to you, we would love to hear. You know, feedback is always good. So, when. Would you like to remind everyone how we do this every week, Richard? Yes. Yeah, so in case you're new, first of all, go back. We have some amazing content out there, I humbly say. <laughs> <laughs> so go back. Um, what's your favorite episode so far? Oh, my gosh. Should we do that now or wait? Spot. We're going to have to hold off on okay, that. Okay. I'll need to really think about that. All right, we're, not, we're not going to talk no, about we're that. we're not getting there. But I have two words for you, hmm. Juliana. Denzel Washington. It's been that was, <laughs> you know what? As far as uh, all the people out there, that's definitely been a top fave. What what number was that? Eleven. Okay, I say. so here's how it works. If you have not listened to the show, go back and listen to episode eleven, because that will truly um, let you know uh, about who we are and what we do. <laughs> oh um, that was one of my favorites. Anyway, I know that's not even a question. Yeah, we're not we're even not going, in it we're yet. Not going there. This is going to be the best episode ever. Right, we're it might be the most it. scatterbrained, but. Anyway, <laughs> I bring two topics and questions to Julie. She brings two topics and questions to me. We have no idea what the other person is going to bring up or ask or, or, um, or, or the like. And uh, we answer on the spot. We answer real honesty. And, of course, that's the Victory Couch way. That's right. We're keeping it real and inviting all of you in. So do you mind if I start this week? You may. All right. So... You know, we just spent some time with our kids the last 48 hours more than usual and, you know, kind of rounding out our week. And I notice there are moments where I look over at you and I'm like, man, he's a fun dad. He's a fun dad, man. He's the, he's, as we've said before, the kids might call him the fun one. So I just want to ask you in parenting, Rick, especially being a father, how do you balance being a fun dad 
and one that our kids respect? Well, that is tricky. And I think that has to do with the personality of the child. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a sort of a, a blueprint of how to be fun and a disciplinarian. So with our son, you know, obviously he's a martial artist and I'm one of his instructors. So I think that that respect was, is sort of built in okay. um, just because of, of what we do and who I am and, and who he is and that kind of thing. With our daughter, same kind of deal, but she's a little dragon, so it's a little different. Um, but I think, I think in anything in life, you have to lead by example. Yeah. Okay. So life has to be fun. You have to smile. You have to laugh. In fact, I think that's one of the secrets to life is contentment, which i.e. is happiness. Um, but also I think that there has to be moments for fun and moments for seriousness. Okay. We're sitting at the table. It's time to color. Our meal's not there yet. That's part of being creative and fun. But when the meal comes and the server's dropping things off, that's a time to be a little more serious. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. Could I have some extra ketchup? Thank you so much. So on and so forth. So for me, it's always um, important to not only have both, but also be able to demonstrate both. So we, we had movie night the other night. At the end of the movie, there's usually a, a, a song that plays. And this just so happened to be one of the uh, Alvin and the Chipmunk movies. It sure was. It was a lot of fun. Well, yeah. which, which one was it? It was the... It was the third one. I think it's called The Road Chip or Road Trip or... Road, yeah, one yeah, of those. Something like that. So at the end, yeah. they, they play uh, a song. I don't know which one it is. But it was just Dylan and me in the room... And, you know, we, the, the music comes on again and we start, we start dancing, but we start <laughs> dancing like hardcore. Yeah, I walked in like, on that towards the end. Like bring it on style. <laughs> it like fantastic. we're going and high five. We had moves and we had this, this freeze at the end, this hold pose. And then yes. music would play again. Oh, so cute. So I, I think that there's those moments where, yes, we can be silly, but then mm -hmm. time to brush teeth, time to do the night routines, time to do the bedtime stories, time to go to bed. Right. So. I don't know if there's a right answer or a wrong answer to this other than it just has to be a feeling. Um, and also, I think that by our kids noticing specifically what I do, if I'm going to teach a little dragons class, we're going to have to have fun. Yeah, It's ages three and a half through six, so it has to be a fun class. But there has to be structure and there has to be a beginning and an end. There has to be an order to it. So that's why me, I like Legos. Okay, I, I, like, I like playing Lego. There is a... There's an order, there's a beginning, there's an end, there's a booklet, and you're building something, right? Um, or it's free form, that kind of thing, um, as opposed to like finger paint, okay? So finger paint, there are no instructions. It's just like kind of chaos, okay, <laughs> right? So for me, I'm, I like that organized fun, but also that sporadic fun that doesn't make a mess. Like the dance parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's harmless, and it's not going to make a mess, you know? Yeah. Uh, whereas if we're throwing confetti all over the ground, you know, during the dance party, I would have a problem with that because it's like, OK, we're causing a mess <laughs> and we have to clean that up later and, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I'm more of that style. Now, Julie is more of the style of free form. Let's spray paint something today. Let's finger paint. Let's, you know, like dig up some something in the let's, backyard let's, and do. Yeah, let's whatever. mix mix our Play-Dohs, you know, see the left side of the couch. We don't mix our Play-Doh colors. OK, <laughs> the right side of the couch, it's tie dye all Go over for it. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I also think that there's a little bit of that. So mm. I am reserved fun, spontaneous fun. Julie is exponential fun. 
um, and also sp- spontaneous fun. I think you're you're more of the hey, let's just sing today, or let's just dance, or tea party, or things like that. Just on the dime, boom, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, I think it's there has to be a feeling, and also um, routine, routine, routine for me needs to be followed, um, which is where the respect part comes in. But also, you have to know that dad can have fun too, and that's okay. Yeah. I want to do a quick follow-up if that's okay. For parents who are struggling to gain their kids' respect, mm. what advice would you give them? I think that's something, I mean, I can tell you raising a preteen, there are moments where I, I'll go into this in a minute, but there are moments where I struggle with that or he knows that can be really fun and really nurturing. But like, what advice coming from a male perspective would you give to parents to make sure that they are getting their kids respect. What type of advice might you have? Well, I think expectations are number one. Hmm. That's number one. You know, and you almost have to treat it like, hey, when we're in, in, in let's say you're in the car and you're on the way home. We get home, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this, mm-hmm. we're going to do this, we're yeah. going to do that. Instead of you get home and they plop down in front of a screen and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, it's time to, well, mom, I don't want to, dad, why, it's not time, dad, you know, you you said I could stay up. You said I could. And then all of a sudden, the expectations weren't laid out. So if, and this is the same way in business, if you don't over-communicate, people will fill in the gaps, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think number one is expectation. Number two, there has to be love shown. And there has to be a constant affirmation that the rules are set up for your safety and for your wellness. That the reason we want you to brush your teeth, the reason we want you to go to bed by 9.15 is yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just, well, mom's being mean or dad's being mean, that there has to be some sort of, you know, um, there have to be expectations, but yet reasons for the rules. Okay. Instead of, well, dad, just because I told you to is never a good reason (laughs) to tell somebody to do anything. Like I used to hate that. You know, I understand it as a parent. parent, It's like, dude, why do I have to explain everything to you? (laughs) I just, just do it. Just Just pack your lunch, do it. Okay. You know, you shouldn't have to explain. But also, I think that if if expectations uh, are laid out at the beginning, that's just something he has to do because that's what mom said in the car on the way home. It's kind of like, you know, mm. when your kids are little and it's time to get out of the pool and you say, all right, 10 minutes. All right, the five minutes. Begins, yeah. All right, three more minutes. So then when it's, okay, it's time to get out. It's not like, There's oh, no meltdowns. Like, I had no idea. Like, if I would have known, mm-hmm. I would have, no, I've been telling you for less, like two hours, we're getting out soon. And then the third thing is that there has to be an affirmation of love that, listen, mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. I'm not trying to pick on you. And I know when I've had to deal with Lawson um, and, and Dylan, it's like, listen, I'm not trying to be mean to you. That's the, that's how I always start. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean when I tell you that this is the way it has to be done. The reason that it's it's told to you like this is because it's for your safety. It's for your health. It's because we're creating good habits. It's because we're trying to lead by example. Um, and sometimes that message is received and sometimes it's not. But I always mm-hmm. want... Um, our children and any other child to understand, even even a staff member, it's like, listen, I'm not trying to be mean, but you need to be on time. And let me explain why. And right. here's the expectations here. If you want to continue to work here, this is our expectations. And then if you, of course, mess up, which everybody does, including myself, then there has to be grace shown and you have to be coachable and willing to do the coaching, willing to have the hard conversations. So that's what I would sort of suggest. I'm sure it goes a lot deeper than that. But uh, on surface, you know, expectations show love, 
show some reasons of why things are laid out the way they are. Yeah, I'll just dive into that real quick and give my you know perspective as a mom. I, and yeah, I try to be a fun mom. I think that... I think you're a great mom. <laughs> thank you. There are moments where I am very methodical <laughs> and... You know, you don't mess with me in those moments where I'm like, guys, I said da 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 da, and then I'm like, Jules, you gotta lighten up. So I do struggle. I do, that's why I asked the question because you know, honestly, I do struggle with that. I struggle with striking that balance of being fun and being, you know, their their mother, being that authority to say, hey guys, this is how it's going to be done. I do definitely have those moments. Um, you know, I have no doubt that they do innately respect me raising specifically into the preteen vibes. We have those moments. And you know what? I was the same darn way. I can yeah. reflect back to moments where, you know, m- my dad might not like, you know, how m- the length of my skirt or something at, at 13, 14 years old and be like, dad, like, you know, and I remember that. Well, as a grown woman, I understand he didn't want me walking around with a short skirt. Amen. And thank you, dad. <laughs> yes. You know? Thank you, Julie's dad. Yeah. It's those moments where you just go, <laughs> okay, I get it now. It took, you know, 30 years later, but it's the same kind of thing. It's a really hard struggle. And I think Rick, you gave really good examples of saying, Hey, look, there's times to be kind of loose and spontaneous. And yes, I have been known to put kids inside of cardboard boxes and put finger paints all over the place. And they have, pictures of them with it in their hair and painting each other and all kinds of fun, silly things that get messy. I'm all for that. Yeah. That's my first one. I think we, uh, we try our best, don't we? Okay. So my first question is a fun one. Okay. So I got a chance to, uh, travel a lot lately with our kids both together and separate. And, you know, we, we do travel a pretty good bit mm-hmm. because your parents live a handful of hours away. And we like to spend a lot of time going here, going there, and traveling to see them and family on the other side of the state. So my question is, how is travel different today as opposed to when it was when we were kids? So what do you remember oh, wow. about traveling as a kid because we didn't have technology? Yeah, so... My brain instantly goes to my parents' conversion van that they had. It was, uh, you know, big enough to have the captain's chairs in Mm -hmm. it. And then we had like a bench and the bench would fold out and be flat with like a storage area in the back. Okay. So my brain goes straight to that. It goes to trips to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's where we vacationed every summer from the time I was in elementary school up through high school. And um, gosh, we would sleep in the back of the vehicle. So that's very different um, than what we do with our kids. But my, we had a conversion van as well. And we used to sleep in the back too. Like no seatbelts. No, 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 no. There was no seatbelts. Not at all. No. So my parents would get us up. I want to say like two 33 o'clock in the morning. Um, We would like in a very groggy state, go out to the back to the van. Um, We each had our spot and I'm one of three. So we had each of our, had our spot of where we'd fall asleep. And then, you know, when we got to, I, gosh, I don't know, I guess the Southern part of Virginia or whatever. Okay. It's morning. Now we're getting breakfast. And, um, I don't really remember vividly stopping all that much. You know, we might've stopped at like the North Carolina rest stop line. I think we would do that and maybe get like a quick, um, like fast food sandwich or something like that. 
And yeah, it was all about making time with my dad. You know, we were making time. We were <laughs> That's getting, right. We were making getting down time. on the road. That was really, really important. Making time. Um, That's right. I was very blessed as a kid to have these really cool neighbors that lived kind of diagonal across the street from us. And um, she made individually wrapped brownies for us. And they what? were like, yeah, you've met her before. You had brownies? Yeah, she would make these individually wrapped brownies every single time we took a trip. And she'd put those like, do you remember the Sunkiss like fruit gems? They're kind of like sugary crystals mm-hmm. on the outside and they're circular. Yeah. Those would be in with the brownies. Oh, if my brothers are listening, I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we would have a little canister of those that we got to once it was later in the day. And my mom would do something for their family too. Maybe it was chocolate chip cookies or something. I don't know, but I can tell you what she did for us. Um, so that was like always a special thing on the trip to Myrtle beach. We'd have those, but as far as technology or things to keep us occupied, oh my gosh, I can remember listening to cassette tapes of, uh, Michael Bolton from my older (laughs) brothers, Amy Grant, Mariah Carey, um, John Michael Montgomery, boys to men. Um, just, yeah, just a variety of different music. And then, you know, my parents would get a hold of it and we listened to beach boys and, Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but an old group my dad used to listen to. Uh, it'll hit me once. But anyhow, um, yeah, so basically cassette tapes kept us going. Um, looking out. Th- I mean, I just remember my parents constantly be like, just look out the window. Just look out the window. <laughs> just look out, the, mean, window. Just look out the window. And all there is to see is pine trees on 95 South. But um, yeah, I don't really remember. I mean, I remember all of that. Obviously, we had like little snack packs. That was not my, nothing compared to what I, we do for our children. Um, I maybe had like a maze book or like a word search, maybe something like that my mom might have had. Um, I did have a handheld electronic aerial, like one game in black and white. And I got it for our daughter for Christmas when she was like four or five. It's like the updated version, but it, boy, does it remind me of the one I had in the early nineties, late eighties, maybe. Um, yeah. Ariel came out in 89. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I did have a handheld of that. Um, I probably colored a lot coloring books. Maybe that's the most I can tell you. I mean, we probably just talked a lot and played car games and, you know, license plate games and stuff like that. To answer your question, that's what I remember about my travel as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now, we also went out west. My dad's family's from the Midwest, so we went out there a couple times. Um, but mostly it was driving southbound from, you know, uh, where I grew up in Maryland to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That was the trip. Um, we did go to Florida, and I don't think we were in the conversion van by then. We didn't get that till I was a little bit, uh, maybe like eight or nine but the early trips to Florida, we were in a black Pontiac, like Grand Am, five of us. So, yeah. Nice. There yeah. was no room for stretching no, in that thing. No, there sure wasn't. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's what we were in. I was super young. I can tell you that's the car we had as a young kid. But, um, no, how has it changed? These kids are so well, spoiled. We've totally spoiled Well, we spoiled know how children. it's changed. I mean, you yeah. don't even have to comment yeah. on that. I, I can mean. just tell you, they each have individual snack bags with their names on them. Um, they get, I, I'm a big fan of old school stuff. So they, before the technology rolls out, you know, there's going to be, well, word searches and coloring and for our son, maybe some like fidget toys, stuff like that, you know, poppers or whatever the it thing is for a fidget toy. 
um, Mad Libs. Gotta love Mad Libs still to this day. Things like that. And then eventually, tablets. They get their tablets. They get to have fun. They zone out. They listen to whatever you know, is pre-approved and uploaded on their devices and get it's to gotta be easy. I mean, think about this. Just, yeah. It's gotta be easy for these kids because but they don't know it's like, different. it's like watching TV all day. Yeah. Kind you of, you know, you get in the car, you, you drive somewhere or if you fly somewhere, you just connect to the Wi-Fi, and you're, you're playing games or watching cartoons or, or movies. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, it's so easy, but it's what they know. I mean, there's the saying, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. They just don't know. And yeah. we're very quick. We'll be like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't make it a day in the 80s. And we say stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. What are your memories of traveling and the differences between then and now? Well, I know for for me, I mean, you pretty much <laughs> nailed it. I mean, I think we we pretty much had the the same, same. experience. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the music was a little different. You know, our family had, you know, Beach Boys. Uh, so I grew up on Beach Boys and 60s music. Mm. Music. So you and your sister didn't have control then of no, the radio. No, 100%. No, mm. we we were not listening to anything that was modern. It was all from the 60s. Mm. So it's funny when, you know, we go have a local pizza place here and they had, I guess, a serious XM station on. It was of the 60s. I knew every single song. <laughs> right. And I'm singing along and our kids are like, oh, is this new? I'm like, no, buddy. This is, this is very, very old. It's just, uh, you know, we had parents that that's what they were listening to, you know, so... As a as a young man, you know, when Jersey Boys came out, you know, I would take my mom to see Jersey Boys. I knew all those songs. And I'm singing right along next to her. And she, she says, wow, have you seen this before? I said, no, this is what we listened to like the entire time down and back to Florida 5,000 times. <laughs> right. So um, we, we do um, this bingo game. I don't know where, I don't know, stop me if you, you've seen it uh, or, or you understand what it is. So it's kind of like this board that has these little sliders on it. So when you see like a farm, you slide it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking okay, about? Okay, I do. I didn't have them as a kid, but I purchased them on marker board, small like Dollar Tree version okay. for our children yeah. when they were going down to Virginia to their aunt's house yeah, like so a year ago. I don't yeah. know what it's called, but it's like, I guess it's like visual Roadside car bingo. Bi- bingo or something. Yeah, yeah so bingo. I had that. Cool. And the, the sliders were red, see-through. So you mm. could see through it. And then you could, and when you saw something, oh, I saw three cows and you slide it over. It was like, that was a big deal. Oh, so I love that. that sort of helped, you know, pass the time because mm-hmm. you were trying to look for things. It also, I think, educated you a little bit right. about, you know, wow, like we're driving through nothing. Like you said, yeah, like we're in you know, the, the Carolinas, like it's pine trees and, you know, tractor trailers, you know, so that's kind of neat. Um, you know, I had a, a book um, for learning how to draw cartoons, I remember, and I would uh, draw Woody Woodpecker and some of the Aww. other ones. So I was, because uh, when I was little, I wanted to be an animator um, when I was really young. Seriously? Because of this book. Yeah. Yeah, because Aww, of the book. How young were you? Uh, probably eight, seven, eight, I somewhere in there. That. Okay. So, yeah. So I got it. I remember it was a roads, you know, a side of the road kind of thing. And uh, it was in Virginia. I do mm. remember that. They bought it. And I was like, I was all in, man. I was going to come home and draw cartoon. And, and then I realized you have to draw the same cartoon like 5,000 times. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, license plate alphabet. You remember that? Where you had to find a license plate with A and then B and then C. I don't think we played that as a kid. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Because <laughs> especially my, my dad, because we were always trying to make time. So if you're sitting on the left side of the back seat of the car, you always had to look over to the right. So after a while, your neck's just cramped because right. you're passing all these cars and you can hardly see, you know, 
because Leadfoot McGee that was driving <laughs> my dad was always like, let's get there. We got to get there. Uh, word searches, you know, you know, reading and, and that kind of thing. But these kids, they have no idea. They, they really don't. Clueless. Clueless. I remember, you know, in, in my late teens, you know, traveling and taking a Walkman and taking like a travel bag of like cassettes and CDs and stuff. And if you were really good, you could make like mixtapes and you could, so you could get a lot more, you know, songs and Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, you could record them from the radio. That's what I used to do do all the time. And, you know, you know, and now, you know, you can hit a button and have, I don't know, 6,000 songs on your iPad or iPod or even on your phone. phone It's just, it's, it's, it's insanity. You don't even need, you know, like one of the things, if you, you had to really be protective of your, your headphones, you had to be protective there because if they broke, you were, you were done. You couldn't, you couldn't listen to your music in the backseat because there's no way your dad's listening to, or my dad was listening to Boys to Men, you know, <laughs> you know, especially on Bended Knee and some of that other stuff. So real but, quick, uh, I remember what my dad had us listen to. It was the Statler Brothers. I oh yeah, you, yeah, Statler Brothers. That was my dad's music we would listen to. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we all have, uh. Music from our uh, from our parents. So <laughs> our kids are going to be Matchbox 20 from me, Kelly Clarkson, and the Dixie Chicks from you. That's right. Right? They'll get it honest. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go again. I think I'm going to hit you with oh, another one. Oh, I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to go. So, all right. This one could be a bit of a thinker, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't want you to overthink. Okay. And feel free to share what you want and, and maybe share what you don't want. But so what's something that you've tried in your life mm-hmm. really, really hard to get into or to like, but you just can't. Guitar. We covered this recently. Um, I tried to do guitar, wanted to love it, wanted it to come natural. It didn't come natural. So that's the first thing that pops in my head. I'm trying to think of if there's something else. Um, gymnastics is another one. Hmm. I, I I hope this is kind of the topic that you're getting at. If there's something different, let me know. But I think back to childhood, I guess, with these types of things. I could never do like graceful gymnastics. I mean, it was always very clunky to me. Um, even car- like cartwheels. I mean, just clunky, uncomfortable, unnatural. I just didn't have whatever it is to do that like flawlessly like half the girls in the playground could do. And yeah, that's totally something. So the question was, what's something you wanted to do or get into that you tried or and wanted you to like? Do? You wanted, wanted to, to like something, like? yeah. Mm. Uh, oh gosh, what would I want to like? I don't know. I'm a pretty definitive person. I think like I'm a vi- very much it's either for me or it's not. So I don't think there's anything that I overly tried to love or like that didn't land. I mean, those are the top two things I can think of is was never really good at trying any type of gymnastics. And I would love to play guitar. I would love for it to feel natural. Um, I love the instrument, but to be a guitarist is something that I just don't think it's in the cards for me. Some other things that I guess that I've tried that I'm not great at, bowling, skiing, <laughs> you could do the list, right? Um, no comment. <laughs> um, yeah, things like that. I'm just thinking like what type of activities. Those are things that pop in my head. Um yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah it could be okay. anything. I mean, okay. it's it's yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. So hmm. like when I think of this, yeah, I'm thinking of, I guess in general, like what do, quote unquote, normal people, l- yeah. like or do, 
and I try to do it. Oh, I have something. Okay. Um. Continue. Okay. So it, uh, this is a little bit of a story, but in my 20s, a lot of my friends were really into sushi. Yes. Okay. Really okay. into sushi. There you go. Okay. That's on my list, actually. Get out. Okay. Yes. So they were so into sushi, and I remember being at one of my best friends, like a bachelorette night. We were in downtown Annapolis at this place called Tsunami. It's a sushi bar down there. And I was just like, I'm here with my friends. What is on the menu that is cooked? I remember being like, yeah, that's not my thing, guys. Fast forward another more than 15 years later. Well, right around there. Um, I read from Annie F. Downs, I want to say in Looking for Lovely, which is one of my favorite books by her. I think it was in that one. She talked about how on a hard day, finding the simplicity and the beauty and how a sushi chef rolls the sushi and how symmetrical it is and how days that feel like chaos bring her to trying being like, Hey, it's a sushi day. I need to see that the world can be beautiful and can be symmetrical and can be whole. And that was like a symbolic thing. Well, that hit my poetic soul right in the gut. And I was like, I guess I should give sushi a try again. And I had a former coworker of mine recommend a few, like what I would call Americanized sushi, you know, that pretty much to me means anything that's been uh, deep fried, like tempura or however you want to pronounce it. And I tried one. I was like, "Eh, that was a strike. So it took me a couple attempts to get to find a sushi roll that I love. But there are two sushi rolls that I really do love. It took me until my late 30s to find them. But I remember in my 20s being like, man, everyone's obsessed with sushi. And it's just not my thing. See, there you go. That's a good answer. Yeah. Well, well, again, we don't rehearse this. So that's the best I got. But yeah, I think when it comes to things that I really wanted to be like, man, I really, I mean, that would, it just feels like a... Uh, and of the times thing to do in yeah. my 20s to enjoy sushi 100% that's on my and list 100% it took me a while to get there and I do not eat raw sushi one of my best friends man girl can throw down some authentic sushi not this one over here we liked tiger shogun rolls which is like the shrimp that's been cooked and a little bit of crab in there and some avocado and some cucumber I think and some delicious sauce on top and I'm like done soy paper wrap it took me a while to learn i have to ask for it with soy paper julie doesn't do the seaweed wrap not my thing but yeah there you go okay we took a while to get there guys but that would be my answer i like that i like that that was on my list all right well tell sushi's on your okay sushi's on my list okay also in general fish i i want to like fish i was gonna ask okay let's be real do you really want to like fish because i don't feel like you want no no no, i do because I do want to like it because it's on every it's on every menu of I've every restaurant that we go before, to. Tilapia. I know. I want to like, like it because you make it a lot for yourself, and it's like it would be easy to say, "Okay, Julie's having fish, Rick's having fish, um, Dylan's going to have fish, and then Lawson's going to have a hamburger or something, right?" <laughs> because you he know, used to eat salmon. Okay, but I'm just saying it would be so much easier. So mm-hmm. I do want to like it. I do want to enjoy it, but I just can't get there. And of course, it makes sense, you know, not to be able to do sushi because, you know, fish and sushi are like cousins. But I'll eat crab meat, you know, and I'll eat scallops and I'll eat shrimp. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of odd. But uh, yeah, fish is definitely on my list. I think um, nuts. 
on <gasps> things. Okay, so I'll oh, eat yeah. peanuts, like like I'll eat peanuts, um, but not on things. And you'll eat cashews. And I'll eat cashews, but not on things. So it's like if I'm getting um, you know, a Sunday or something and they say, Oh, you want nuts? No, definitely no nuts. Brownies, yeah. No nuts. I don't zucchini bread? I don't, no nuts. I don't do nuts on things. I don't know what that is. I want to. Your mom makes the best zucchini bread. She does. And she makes a whole one for you with no nuts. Well, that's just because I am very special. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to say nuts. I'm going to say fish. I'm going to say, all right, summer foods. I'm going to say coleslaw and baked beans. Okay. So I want to like these things. I don't want to like them and I don't like them. See, I want to like them because baked beans are at every picnic we've ever been to. Same thing with coleslaw. It's just gross. You want a side of coleslaw? Yeah. No, okay. It's like mayonnaise. But, Yuck. Okay. Well, I... You want to. I want to like these things, but mm. you know, it's just not in the cards for me. Okay. All right. So I want to like soft shell crabs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like those. Oh, Richard David, you cannot say that without sharing just the teeniest bit about the history of you trying. The very first time you have soft shell crabs, you got to tell at least a teeny little bit. All right. So I was trying to impress Julie's family <laughs> by coming over early on in our dating careers oh, it was like the first year yeah and julie's mom made these soft shell crabs for us that i believe for she, you she i don't caught. like soft shell crabs okay okay it was specifically for me um she wanted you to try and it. you know she you know she had the butter on it and i'm thinking well it's a crab it's got to be you know in between two pieces of bread it's yep. got to be good so and i just couldn't get over the fact that you have to like you're eating everything mm-hmm. like you're you eating are. the whole you are. like the shell and the whole but it's not like a hard shell it's a soft shell crab yeah, exactly and i took one bite of that and oh my it was bad it took you it like a pitcher of sweet bad. tea but i was not going to be rude and spit it out or say this isn't for me and i tell you what it took me about 20 minutes and it took me a couple glasses of uh, sweet tea, but I got that soft shell crab down. You did. And nobody knew any different until I said something oh. the next day and vowed at that moment never to eat a soft shell crab again. Who did you tell the next day? Because I feel like my folks didn't know for like a decade. I told probably. you. I told okay, you. I was about to say. And I made sure that you said, hey, next time we're having soft shell crabs, you tell your family yeah. that I'm having some stomach issues <laughs> or something. And that's what would have happened if I would have consumed another soft okay, shell crab. But do you want to like them? I think I want to like them because really? your family has them and they catch them and they cook them. And I think it's just a... You know, I want I want to like them, but it's just not my thing. Okay, I'm going to give you two more here. Sure. Baths. <gasps> okay. Look, I know you're <gasps> a bubble bath right. fiend. Okay. I want to like baths. I really do. I want to get in there. I want to get all sudsy and get get you know all bubbly and get my battleship in there. And I want to put on you know like a like a like a, an Enya. Some Enya music and and, and uh, some candles. You're trying too hard. I really want to like. You don't it. need all that. But I just, I get in there and I'm bored. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I'm bored. Now, I get in a hot tub, I can get in there all day. Because you can kind of float around a little bit and you put your hands up, you're you have a drink. To and you're like looking at stuff. You know, I just don't want to get in to our bathroom and just look at the shower curtain. You know, like I feel like I'm in there and I guess I've been spoiled because, you know, I'm always in there. It's all right, get a quick shower, you're out, you got to go. So I don't want to go in there and, you know, kind of not waste time. That's not the word, but just spend time sitting in water and not really doing anything. 
Okay. Well, that's you your go. achiever in you. Okay. But what yeah. am I, a number three or whatever? You're, you're, you would identify as an Enneagram three. Enneagram three. That's what I've been told. Okay. Yeah. So I, all, I'll be honest with you, during COVID, because I worked so hard at the studio, I did enjoy a bath or two. Okay. Okay. So I did enjoy that. And I think it was just because I went in and closed the door and didn't have to talk to another human. See, that's, well, okay. <laughs> but that's part of the joy of a bath. Okay. Is yes. It's just you and you can shut your eyes. Yes. Don't fall asleep. That's dangerous. Well, you know, but I do have a fear of drowning, so I don't know. Okay. Um, the last thing is, it's very simple. And I know I might take some, some heat over this one. That's okay? fine. I'm listening. Watching hockey. Okay. So for me... I can watch just about any sport. Hmm. I was watching, um, you know, the beanbag toss cornhole. Uh, I was watching the diving championship a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, I was watching pole vaulting and, you know, throwing spears, you know, and stuff like that. Like, I'm okay with the, the you know, um, the tough man contest. Um, I can I can watch pretty Shoot, much. you'll watch the hot dog eating contest. Okay. With, I'll watch any name? sport. But Joey, hockey, Joey Chestnut sorry. is his name. Sorry, Joey Chestnut. An American treasure. I apologize, Joey Chestnut. An American treasure. Yeah. Anyway, so hockey. for whatever reason, I don't know why I can't, I can't get into it. All right. This is the first time you've ever admitted this to me. We've been to a Caps game before together. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's always something. It's new and something to watch. And, you know, it's fun, like, being there. I think okay. it's different. But, but like on television. Yeah. Watching it, highlights, it's like, yeah. And I know that people are extremely talented and they're athletic. And I guess it's because I have a hard time following the puck. I don't know. Is that weird? Oh, it's fast. Yeah. It's very it's fast. 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 It's like lacrosse. You have to just kind of stare at the net towards the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. guess. I just don't want to. S- There's so much stuff going on. And I guess I'm trying to figure out the rules, which I don't know mm-hmm. the rules and, you know, icing and. You know, obviously high sticking and, you know, checking and stuff. I'm, I'm trying to figure all of that out. And I guess I think it would be different if I would go to a hockey game. Okay, so here, right. li- Victory Couch listeners, if you have some tips or maybe seats that you would like to invite a friend <laughs> to sit on your Victory Stadium seat couch right next to you, I would go. You can fill me in on how awesome um, hockey is. I mean, I have friends of mine. They have tickets to the the... The, the penguins, the pen, penguins, yeah, yeah. The, the the pens. They love, they love the penguins. Yeah, they love it. Um, I guess they've never invited me, so I've never seen the thrill of in person. I mean, like right on the glass, like you know, right. sweat coming at you and ice and people's teeth flying out. I mean, right? I guess I'm missing that. So, I mean, might be a if little a, extra if stereotype. If you're a hockey yeah. fan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It doesn't. Mean, we can still be friends. Um, but and I think if I went to a game, I think it would change it. I agree. Just like eating the right sushi, right? Exactly. Live sports, live music, all of that can change your perspective. So yeah, Yeah. totally. All right. Well, I got one for you if you're ready for me. I am ready. You sure? Yes. You're 100% ready? Bring it. All right. So my next question dives into something that's a little bit different. So I find myself in my days sometimes around people that don't carry the same let's just say characteristics that I try to carry, you know, kindness and being generous and things like that. So just in general on your day to day, when you're in public, whether it would be, you know, you're at the grocery store or, you know, you run into someone 
in, I don't know, in the work industry or, or at church or wherever, someone in your life. When you're running into people that maybe aren't reciprocating the same time, same thing you're doing. So I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you keep showing kindness and generosity to people who might be unkind or ungrateful? You know, how do you do that? How do you show kindness and how do you keep being generous when people aren't reciprocating that? So are these people that you're hanging out with or within the context of your question, are these people that you work with or these people that you see in public or friends with or I've had all of the above happen. Okay. It wouldn't be friends. You know, if you're unkind or ungrateful, chances are I haven't selected you as a friend. But outside of friends, so it could be the work environment, it could be in the mall, like someone that you encounter just, you know, at the grocery store, or, you know, in a social setting, let's say it's like a friend of a friend, just someone you run into in your life, you know, they have to be there. It's not like you can, you know, as you say, snip the suckers, you can't do that, because you're going to see them on maybe a semi regular basis. Yeah. Or however you want to phrase it. But if you're around someone who's you know, that unkind and ungrateful. How do you keep being kind and how do you keep being generous? Well, because you have to know who you are. What it all comes down to it is you have to know that what you are doing matters. And what I mean by that is you have to almost assume that when you are there, you are what's needed in their life. Let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Let's say we have 10 flashlights, Okay. And nine of the 10 don't have batteries in them or the batteries are in them and they don't work. Okay. But you have that one, that one flashlight that you have. So you, you turn them all on, the power goes out in your house, you turn them all on and you're like, this one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. But the one does, right? That one flashlight can light up that room. Even though the other ones, the other nine have the potential. It's either they're broken. They're not, they don't have the right fuel, obviously the batteries, right? Or they're not being used properly. Maybe the button's stuck or it won't turn on or maybe the lid's not too tight, you know? Maybe with a little adjusting, those lights can come on, maybe one or two. But you can't work on the ones that are out until you have light to 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 work with. Do you know what I mean by that? I think so. so. so there's got to be at least one. There's got to be one. Yeah. So my thing is, when you're around people, are you excited by their presence. And if that's the case, okay, you're their you're their flashlight that day, mm-hmm. okay? But on the flip side of that, when you're not having a good day, are you excited by someone's presence when they walk into the room or are you excited when they leave? Right. So I think it all comes down to you and who you are, you know. Look, not every day is going to be a uh, you know, a level 10 sunshine day. You're going to have, you know, Uh, days where you just don't feel like being around people or you just don't feel like playing nice. You know, our dog died in our family and, oh, you know, we got to get a new radiator for our car and our roof's leaking. Like all that stuff seems to tend, it it tends to happen all at once, right? And it might not be a day where it's it's a good day for you. You don't want to go out of your way to help somebody, little Susie, that constantly is an energy sucker. They're just sucking your energy, Right. And if you can't avoid that person, your job is, and I talk about this in my book, is to reverse the suction, to see if you can reverse that suction, reverse that flow. And the only way to do that is to lead by example, 
to ask questions, to pull information from them, to get that connection made to you. So maybe, just maybe, they feel valued in in the fact that you're there. You're wanting to connect with them. But look, the bottom line is, I think in life, is if you surround yourself for long enough with people that just, I'm using air quotes here, suck. Mm-hmm you're going to start to go to the dark place. You're going to go to the dark side. You know what I mean? I mean, so how do you recharge? How do you switch your batteries out so your light always shines the brightest? You know, that's what I would challenge you on. I mean, there's no there's no way if you if somebody's made up their mind that they're miserable, it's going to be tough to change their opinion. And because that's kind of what it is. It's it's an opinion. The people that have this woe is me mentality out there, they're, they're, they'll be victims their whole life and they'll never be content because their happiness always depends on someone else. Right. Just like yeah. their downtroddenness is always linked to someone else. It's her fault. Yeah, not taking ownership. Right, yeah. it was somebody else's fault that it, I hit you know red lights all the way to work today. You know, it was the driver in front of me's fault. They're driving too slow. Well, maybe you didn't get up early enough to get there on time, right? right. I mean, it's always that... You, 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 instead of me, me, me. And people that are content, they have that that me, but not as in like, hey, look at me. Look what I did. It's, hey, what am I affecting? How am I affecting my world, my happiness, my contentment, my generosity, my kindness? So I don't know if I've really answered your question or not of how to change that suction. Yeah, how are I guess how are you kind to those people though? How are you kind to those people? Yeah, how are you still kind to Maybe them? Maybe you're you know? the only kindness they ever have ever mm, been shown. Yeah. Maybe you're it. And the and the other thing is too, you don't know what makes them that way. Right. So if they're on your team, if you work with these people, you know, I challenge you to go and get to know as much as you can about this human. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a sick father that, you know, they're taking care of. Maybe their kid is blind. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they've been evicted. Maybe, you know, their spouse is a drug dealer. I mean, we don't know. Again, um, you know, I had a, a colleague friend of mine whose daughter got hit by a car. And uh, he actually read, um, you know, one of the chapters in my book. And he called me up and he said, you know, you talk about fire stars and energy suckers. Is there a time when it's okay to be an energy sucker? I said, absolutely. Oh, that's so brave of him to ask Absolutely that. it is. Yeah. And you want to know why I said absolutely? Because I knew, I knew where he was going with that. I knew him well enough to know where he was going. That, yeah, the day that your daughter gets hit by the car, yeah. it's okay to not smile and laugh and joke. It's, and, and exude positivity exactly. to the world because it's, it's just not in you. Exactly. That's okay. Yeah. But I think his friends and the people that truly know him best yeah. wouldn't judge him in that moment because they know him mm. and they know how he normally is. That's good. That flashlight normally works and today it's not. Something's going on. Let's check it. Yeah. Let's check the lid. Let's check the button. Let's check the batteries. It's Old Faithful. It's worked here for 10 years. Yeah. All of a sudden today it doesn't work. Why not? There's got to be a reason for that. We don't just throw it away and we don't lump it in with all the other ones that never work. Yeah, that's good. Is that what I mean? Yeah. You're basically saying dig a little deeper, show people grace and just keep being who you are. Yeah. And, yeah. At, a, and at a certain point, I talk about this in my book, you either reverse the suction or you mm-hmm. cut the cord. Yeah. You got to snip the sucker. Energy sucker. You know? Yeah. It's tricky because there are some scenarios, you know, when you own a business and you um, have a say and who's on your staff, for example, that's really easy to snip a sucker. But if you're in a situation where 
you know, you don't have a say or you're, you know, whatever it is, you're you're part of an organization or, you know, you're, for example, let's say you're like in a small church group and there's just like two people that keep woe is mean and being, oh my gosh, well, this happened again and um, well, okay, so we're about to do this function, you know, to, to give out to children. Oh, you know, I'm feeling really tired today, and I just, you know, my yeah. My, ugh, you probably like, get that a lot. Like, with, yeah, come on, guys. With volunteerism, but I would Tricky. just say this: I would just say, what if we got those people in a room and say, all right, what would the ideal workplace, you know, look like? In fact, I have a corporate team bill that I'm doing here this coming week, and that's one of the things that they want from me mm-hmm. is to say, hey, how can we become more unified in our mission? Mm-hmm. And of course, I got to figure out what the mission is and right. understand exactly what they're really after. I mean, what, what are you, what do you really want? And I don't think they really know what they want. In a lot of cases, it's kind of like, well, we just, we want to be more productive and we want to be happier at work. Okay. Well, how, yeah. like, what does that look like? You know, yeah. cause I don't know your business inside and out. And one of the challenges is look, in order to be truly efficient and to do the best work possible, you can't just have a job. You can't just have a title. You have to have a mission. Yeah. Okay. People that sell homes, they don't just sell homes. They sell a dream of a house and they sell future memories. Right. A teacher is not a teacher. A teacher is a mentor. A teacher is somebody that's a counselor, potentially can save a life of some child that is being abused at home. Right. If you're a pilot, you're not just a pilot. You are a carrier of precious cargo from one place to another. You're helping that family reunite that's been separated. You're helping that World War II veteran go back home and and get his lost medal that he lost in, in, in 20 years ago at his old house. I mean, you have no idea what you're doing, how you're connecting people. You know, my grandfather, um, when he opened his restaurant, he came back and, and he had a business and, and he failed at the clothing business when he opened it up after coming back from World War II. He was a cook in World War II. And when he came back after that um that clothing store failed, he decided to go back to what he was good at, and that was serving people. So he went from a cook, a mandated cook, a drafted cook in World War II, where he had to cook and take care of guys, and he changed his title, I say that in air quotes, to a mission. Now his job was to provide excellent food, superior service, and to fuel people to go out and make a difference. So what happens if we bring all these people that, that, for lack of a better term, suck into a room and say, okay, what would happen if we were operating at peak capacity and we could change our titles and bend our thinking to becoming more than our job says we are? What would that look like? And I know I'm giving you a lot of blue sky stuff, but you know, at a certain point, if people aren't willing to bend or at least, you know, go bigger with their, their thoughts and their actions, it might be time to look for another job. Yeah. That, that, that's so true. Those types of things. And one of my parts there was, you know, how do you still remain kind and how do you still remain generous? I'll just answer just a little bit of my feedback on this Sure, would be, um, you know, and I've put thought to this and I've, I've had instances where I've been challenged by this type of thing. And to me, just because someone doesn't say thank you or isn't kind or doesn't go out of their way doesn't mean I stop being who I am. Yeah. 
And that's, that's right. very hard to do sometimes where you feel like no one cares hmm. or no one's grateful. And, you know, you and I are givers and we're not givers to hear a thank you or anything beyond that. We don't even need to, a thank you is appreciated because, you know, we were raised in families where manners matter and we teach that to our kids and anyone we come in contact with hopefully feels that way. But yeah, to me, it's, you have to remind yourself it almost doesn't matter what's on the other side because, you know, people are going to receive something or they're not. And they might question you. And sometimes that's hard. We've had moments where we've been very generous. And people are kind of like scratching their head. But not really saying a whole lot. And you're like, you know, I wouldn't change it. I would still be generous. I would still be kind. I would still be who I am. And and I do think it's hard. And I wanted to say to you, like, you know, when you're being kind. And other people aren't being kind back. Or you're being generous. And no one's really being grateful in return. Like, how do you continue to handle that? And I think it all comes down to, you know, we just keep being who we are. Yeah. You have to know who you are. Yeah. Bottom line. And you know what? I would challenge um, anyone that really adopted the flashlight metaphor. If you are mm. shining your light, don't compare yourself to the other flashlights. Mm. Don't say, well, the other nine aren't working. So why should I? Yeah. You know, I mean, we probably see this a lot, especially right now in our current work environment where people, some people are lazy. Yeah, they're just done. They're doing the absolute bare minimum to get the paycheck right. because that of that, that sense of entitlement has crept in that they don't pay me enough to do that or that's not my job description. And, you know, and I just all go back to look at the businesses that are thriving. Look at the industries that are, that are thriving. They are service-based, customer relation, you know, very connected between the person serving and the person being served. And that's where brand loyalty comes in. That's where um, service excellence com comes in. And I would just uh, say, be that flashlight and don't worry about the others. Yeah, that's good. Good yeah. stuff. So what's your couch crumb this week, Juliana? All right. Well, you know, as I said before, we're we're in fall, okay? We are in, in fall. fall. Um, and, you know, there are some things that they're, earlier part of the summer that I really, really wanted to do. One of them I'm not bringing up today, but one of them I am. And I had told our daughter at the beginning of the summer, hey, you know what? I'm going to pack up your, she has a secondhand bike that she got from um, a family friend of ours. And I'm like, I'm, we're going to work on you learning how to ride a bike. I did it one time. I did it like at the very end of the spring when she was wrapping up a spring sport and uh, it didn't go so well. And I realized that I needed the extra strength of my husband or, you know, like someone who can run well with the bike. Mm. And yeah, I just, I, I had certain limitations, I guess. And I haven't brought it up again. I haven't pursued that. And I was thinking about that this week that, hey, we're, before, you know, me. My brain's like, it's fall before you know it. We're going to have a snowstorm and it's going to be miserable. And guess what? We're not going outside a whole lot, which is one of my favorite things to do. And my brain just spiraled to, we still haven't perfected the bike riding scenario. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. Is crummy. We're going to take that couch crumb and we're going to, we're going to change it. Cause look right here on the podcast, I am saying that in the next couple weeks we will go before it turns winter time, and we'll try again, and we'll see if we can make that happen. All right, okay. okay. With some additional help 
from the left side okay. of the couch. I'll take it. Done. Okay. Okay. All right. But, but yeah, that's my couch crumb. What was yours? My couch crumb is very simple. Mm. Julie and I, we don't do it a lot of date nights, but when we do, there is a certain restaurant that we yeah. like to go to. We have been going there for a couple years, even pre-COVID, and we recently found out that it is closing. And let me tell you why. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They can't find chefs or cooks that want to work. And it stinks because this, the service it's of unbelievable. that, the service and the quality. The level of detail is amazing. It's phenomenal. And we're going to lose one of our go-tos because, yeah. I hate to say it, I mean, I'm, you know, I just, I don't want to generalize. It just seems like people are lazy. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, you know, because, you know, the owner, the owners, they do a lot of the cooking and you can't, you'll burn out. You can't just be back in that, in that, um, in the kitchen, you just can't be back there Not every day help. and every night. You can't be, you can't do it. Right. Uh, and if you're going to make any money, you have to have that volume that comes through there, that turnover. So it just kind of stinks. The good desserts. We've never had something there we do not like. The quality has always been phenomenal. It's a great place to bring other couples to that don't know about it. Yeah, it's a hidden gem. And it was shared with us by a couple that we go on date nights with. So that just all around stinks. Couch <sighs> crumb. Huge yeah. crumb. And you just told me this a couple hours ago. So yeah. I, I feel did. It, it's a I fresh couch coming. crumb. We've been sharing a lot of fresh couch crumbs lately, but that one was at the surface of the in between the cushions. All right. So what's your prop your feet up? Let's let's switch this All negative right. thinking here today. Well, I'm just gonna say it. I mentioned before that it is fall, which is your favorite season. And it I is. spent yesterday. Here it comes. Here it as, comes. And if you follow our Instagram, you would have seen this semi recently. And if you've listened to the podcast, we've been talking about this this magical day. It's like Christmas for Richard on the left side of the couch. Go ahead, Julie. So my my prop your feet up is what I would say the fall fairy came to our house, a.k.a. Yes. me, and the mums were planted and the candles were brewing or <laughs> burnt and the wreath changed on the doors and the welcome mat shifted and the pumpkin scented cinnamon mm-hmm. hand soap. Oh, yeah. Sweet cinnamon pumpkin. Oh, I still yeah. I can't remember it. And all of it shifted within... You had a very long Saturday, and it all shifted then. So, so our house. My prop your feet up is that the fall fairy came and I got it done. Our house is in full grandeur now. Yes. The smells, the looks, the aesthetics, everything. The little touches. Ah. Yeah. Oh. I still have a couple extra mums I'm going to get for the side porch. I'm in my happy place. But let's just say I brought the fall. Oh, and I made pumpkin bread. Which yes, you did with no nuts. No nuts. Yeah. So I'm in. I'm in my my fall heaven right now you know what and i said to our kids i'm like look we're doing this for dad today and we've got out the sidewalk chalk and we're like doing this for dad made little like fall dad yeah messages so. that is a cool thing when i come home and there's little sh- sidewalk chalk like drawn for me and that was they said here dad this is for you like, and they had two arrows pointing at the moms yeah. and i knew it i knew that the fall fairy had come that julie was about to make my my weekend just complete yeah well i knew you had a really hard long work day and i figured that would bring you a smile so it was a long weekend in fact my prop your feet up moment uh was what i actually did today Mm, nice so uh today i was asked for the third time to come and deliver the message at uh, a local methodist church here 
and um, the pastor is on, I guess, sabbatical and is looking for speakers and other pastors and things. And he thought of me, he actually asked me a couple months ago, and uh, for the third time uh, at this particular church, I came and delivered the message. But that, that wasn't, that's not necessarily the prop your feet up. I, I don't want to pat myself on the back. What I'm, what I'm most proud of is that um, my kids were there to hear it. Mm. Our kids were there to hear it. And you were there, obviously, but you've heard me speak before. But my, um, our kids don't normally hear me um, not outside speak. the dojo. No. Not, outside, not outside the studio yeah. um, or at a school or that kind of thing. So they're used to hearing me talk in front of kids, but not necessarily adults. Right. And not in the the um, the way it was presented today. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I don't take anything lightly standing in a church. If you're in a church and you're delivering any kind of message where somebody, where other people are listening to you, you better be on point. Right. You better be bringing it with the utmost purest intentions and you better have done your research and homework. So you can't just be winging it up there. Right. And, uh, you know, I thought long and hard about the message, prepared a couple hours through the week just to make sure that it was smooth and everything was appropriate and all the background uh, verses, you know, fit. And uh, it was just neat to see, to look out in the congregation and see my kids out there because mm-hmm. they've never seen that side of me in that sort of formal capacity right. um, in a church. And I thought it was great. Yeah. It was like the perfect blending of weaving you know, some of your favorite verses and life stories. And yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Definitely a different platform. But that's something I thought of being one of my props because I don't get to see you speak a whole lot either. And it was really cool to be there today. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. Thank it you. It was cool. It was good. Yeah. It was good stuff. And I'm sure, you know, we have one of our very good family friends is, a, is an actual pastor who went to seminary and all of those things. And I'm sure today you were like, man, those, those, folks who serve in the ministry, what a huge responsibility they have. Yeah. Responsibility is the, is the word. Yeah. It is, it is huge because you're representing Jesus Christ in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nothing to be taken lightly for sure. I mean, as Christians, we are every day, but on a pulpit, like, yeah, that's, that's big time. That's, that's like all eyes are on you and you are the leader of that day. And um, yeah, what an honor for a, a pastor to allow you as a guest speaker there. That's cool. Yeah, I, I was very humbled when he asked me. And um, he, the previous two times, he actually was was there. He would introduce me. and But I was responsible basically for everything. For the whole service. And yeah. that was that was very, I mean, I always think I was more nervous about singing in front of people. It was, yeah, it was. Done quite different than, than our Baptist church does it, things too. Even our kids were like, yeah, that's a little different. And it's good for them to see a little bit yeah. of um, variations of uh, denominations and just yeah. to kind of get some perspective. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah, good well, today. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it was good. Lessons learned, that's, that's for right. sure. That's right. Well, I think that's it for the week. I don't know. I'd say we, we covered a variety of things. We today. did. I We're think good. it was a long one today. Yeah, but uh, Sorry, guys. It's we good. We were a little long-winded. It's <laughs> good. Hey, we had a lot. We covered a lot of ground. And, uh, you know, it's funny when we open our minds and we open the couch up, uh, you never know, uh, what's going to come out. So we value you. We're glad that you're with us each and every week. If you get a chance, uh, you know, shoot us an email, definitely rate and review the podcast. Hit that, hit that, smash that like (laughs) button. That's what the kids say. And, um, you know, we're just glad that you're here every week with us. 
Well said, Richard. So guys, until next time, we've been glad you have shared your time with us. You're always welcome here. Share this episode with a friend. Uh, Maybe you thought of someone who loves sushi or someone who needs some (laughs) encouragement about, uh, you know, maybe some energy suckers in their lives. And just go ahead and share that. Let's all be flashlights this week to those around us. And uh, until next time. Bye, guys. Thank you, guys. Have an awesome day. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.